You're listening to Monster of the Week with Timothy from ProDM, and this week we're talking blights, and I want you to know that I seriously considered making a let's get twiggy with it joke, but decided not to, and honestly, I think I deserve an award. You can find the Blights on page 31 of the 5th edition Monster Manual, and it's a two-page spread, kind of one-page lore, one-page mechanics. Blights are evil plants that are ostensibly born from a vampiric tree, which is pretty metal. Uh, And they come in three different varieties. There's the Needle Blight, the Twig Blight, and the Vine Blight. Each has a different sort of rough concept, but mechanically they're all pretty similar. A Needle Blight resembles a human, but it's got sort of like conifer tree-like needles. It is a CR one quarter medium plant monster. It's got a blind sight and then two attacks, a claw attack and a ranged needle attack. The twig blight is a small kind of like homunculus style creature made entirely out of twigs and dry kindling. It's a CR one eighth small plant. It's got a vulnerability to fire, also has blind sight and then has a claw attack, as well as a false appearance ability where, it, you know, is indistinguishable from a dead shrub as long as it's not moving. And then lastly, there's the vine blight, which is sort of a humanoid mass that is made up of all these writhing vines. This is a CR one half uh, medium plant. It's got blind sight. It's got the false appearance thing, but its mechanics are a little bit different. It's got a constrict uh, power that can restrain a target. It's also got an area of effect uh, on a recharge five, six, which is essentially the druid spell entangle. So yeah, those are the blights. I like blights, specifically twig blights, I think are my favorite, not necessarily because of their design, but more sort of sentimentally, uh, because they were a monster introduced in the first adventure that I ever played. Uh, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Speaking of, let's talk about the history of blights in D&D. Twig Blights first appeared in the 3.0 adventure The Sunless Citadel, written by Bruce Cordell and published in the year 2000. I was 12 years old at the time, and it was the first D&D adventure that I ever bought, and also the first D&D adventure that I ever played. If I close my eyes, I can still picture that dark blue cover, the four iconic characters of 3rd edition, Tordek, Miley, Lida, and Jozan, fighting these swarms, this living carpet of twig blights with the Golthias tree behind them. That's what was cool about the adventure. The villain, such as they were, wasn't really a person, but it was this tree, the Golthias tree, which, if I remember correctly, was a stake, like a still green stake that was used to kill a vampire and then kind of took root and absorbed some of the vampire's, like, necrotic evil. So, yeah, this Golthias tree, the name for the vampire that was staked, was this, like, undead nightmare plant that could produce twig blights, yes, but it could also, like, subsume a humanoid and transform them into this strange plant-like servitor. I remember the adventure circled around a rival adventuring company that had gone down into the dungeon and then had been turned into these plant-like thralls of the Golthias tree. Man, I still remember almost every room of that dungeon. Long live, Meepo. And the twig blights were a big part of that adventure, right? You started to fight these little twig monsters. And why that was cool to me when I was a young player was because the twig blights weren't in the monster manual. 
these were monsters that were unique to this adventure in this one context. I think for me personally, this was the first time I realized that you didn't have to do exactly what the book said. You could put things into your adventure that weren't in the Monster Manual or the Dungeon Master's Guide. You could really kind of just make anything up, as Bruce Cordell did. The monsters I created for my adventures were just as valid as the ones printed in the book. And the Twig Blights were kind of the gateway to that. I do think it's cool, though, that they have kind of remained popular ever since, right? That, like, it's cool to see them reprinted here because a lot of sort of one-off monsters like that don't really make it into a monster manual. So it's kind of that hipster thing, right? Like, I was into the Twig Blights before they were cool, y'all. Here's my ignorance, though. When I saw them reprinted in 5th edition, I had assumed that the other two blights, the Needle Blight and the Vine Blight, these two different kind of iterations on the Twig Blight concept, had come from 4th edition. But I guess that's not actually the case. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I looked around and I couldn't find any evidence of the Needle or the Vine Blight existing outside of 5th edition. It's certainly a very 4th edition thing to do is to say, okay, this is the base monster, but we want to come up with a few different iterations at sort of different power levels. That way the party can fight them in different contexts. But no, I think both of these two, the Needle and the Vine Blight, are sort of 5e originals. In terms of other worlds, the only one I can think of that really features the Twig Blights meaningfully has got to be Ravenloft. More specifically, I'm thinking about Curse of Strahd, which was especially awesome because it featured a Galthias tree in the plot. I mean, it makes sense, right? It's Ravenloft. It's all about vampires and vampire hunters. But it was awesome to see that. It was awesome to include it in my campaign and get to share that kind of bit of nostalgia with my players. Even cooler than that, they introduced Winter Splinter, who was a a tree blight. You know, this massive, evil kind of fairy tale tree. Which is weird, because you think with things like the Wizard of Oz or Old Man Willow, the Dungeons and Dragons would have done an evil tree. But I don't know that I've really seen one that's just nakedly like, I'm I'm a tree with a big gnashing mouth. I love that adventure. I love that monster. I love the name Winter Splinter. It's just so fairy tale, so folkloric, so cool. So yeah, that's the thing. That's the whole history of the Blight. Because they're only in 3rd edition and now in 5th edition, there isn't a ton to go on, which is kind of exciting, honestly, because sometimes with these monsters that come loaded with all of this baggage, I think they feel this need to check a bunch of boxes that has to have all of these abilities or it's not being true to the nature of the beholder or whatever it is. With the Blights, they're still kind of new. You can kind of do new stuff with them. And that's something we might get into a little bit later. But before we do that, let's talk about the positives. What are the things we like about the Blights as they're presented in 5th edition? So the first things first with the Blights, I gotta say how cool the lore is. We talked about the original explanation in the Sunless Citadel about the Galthias tree and kind of like the staked vampire and the tree that takes root. And that's awesome. And I I like the Curse of Strahd sort of establishes that there are multiple different Galthias trees. That's just the name given to this phenomena and kind of presages the idea that you could intentionally create one in a similar fashion, right? If you stake a vampire and let this thing grow. But what's nice is that the Monster Manual also makes a point that, like, you can get these things for any reason that, like, plant life or, or woodlands would become corrupted, right? It doesn't have to be from a vampire, That's like the famous first example, but it's kind of left to your imagination what the context of these blights might be. I know in my uh, personal setting, in my upcoming Dwarven game, twig blights are a factor because there's like a a revenant tree, 
you know, a, tr- a tree that was worshipped by the elves is now being brought back to life and it's trying to spread its influence, but it's undead and doesn't understand what it's doing. It's actually killing the forest. So it, basically what I mean is it allows you to create your own kind of narrative as to where these things come from. I think that's cool. It's not bounded down like the Banshee and saying it has to be this one thing. It's like, well, yeah, anytime you get an evil plant, you could have twig blights. You could see them being made by evil druids, right? You could see them being weird little creatures that you could assemble out of twigs. You could see them being from the Feywild. There's tons of potential explanations for twig blights, and I love that. The second thing for me is just, like, the aesthetics and the visual. I think, again, specifically of the twig blight, I think is the one that gets me the most. There's something about how weird and faceless they are. There's this cool, like kind of pagan horror Blair Witch sort of a vibe where, like, they have the little shape like a little imp, but they don't really have a face, you know? It's just this, like, mashup of twigs. Maybe this is just me growing up in, like, the kind of the forests of the Midwest, but there's something about that, about a, a stick monster, that feels very, very childlike and very horrific to me, almost. I was kind of constantly surrounded by oak trees as a kid, and There were always sticks around and deadfall and leaves and stuff. And so the idea of reaching into what feels like this very reptile brain thing and saying, what if the forest is dangerous? What if something as innocuous as like the twigs and the chaparral on the ground might have sinister intent? It just like it tickles something in the back of my brain. You know, the kind of caveman instinct of beware the wilderness. I think the twig blight is a great example of that and the hostility of nature without it having to be something like, look at this big, powerful, horned monster. It's a stick. But there's thousands of them. And, you know, there's almost like an indestructibility to them. You can kill it. It's very easy to kill. But then there's always going to be more and more and more because it's just sticks, you know. I love that. Little bundles of kindling. And the last thing, I want to do one little hit on each of the different kinds of blights and what I like about them specifically in their design. So the needle blights, according to the lore anyway, say that they have this pollen that they exude that can summon in other blights. If they get in danger or they're killed, you know, you never fight just one of them. They're always able to summon in more allies. And that's really cool. I love the idea of these plant monsters being able to exert this pollen that can summon in more of them. I just wish it was reflected in the mechanics, but we'll talk about that soon. Uh, The Twig Blight, I'm going to call out specifically, has a fire vulnerability, which you know me, I love a vulnerability, and I think it makes tons of sense that it's a fire vulnerability. They're little bundles of twigs, of course, they would go up like kindling. And then lastly, my favorite thing about the Vine Blight is that in the lore, they specifically say they can speak, but it's this, like, horrible, fractured version of the person who summoned it, right? This, like, they're sort of humanoid-looking, right? These, like, fine creatures. But you can imagine, since they don't really have throats, yeah, they kind of sound like the Dead Master's voice, but think about the voice that would be coming through this, like, knotted bundle of vines. Super creepy. And I like that it's just one of them. Like, this is the one that can speak, right? And you imagine these short, kill me kinds of sentences. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Very, very spooky. Great for horror. Yeah, and that's it. Those are the three things we like about the, the Twig Blights. As you can see, they're almost entirely lore, which is fine. I, it just means that the mechanics need a little bit of work. And that's what we're going to talk about in just a minute. This might be a rough one. I hope it's clear how much I love the concept of these monsters, but it should also be pretty clear that I do not love their execution. As written, these three monsters are just deeply, deeply boring to run. I understand the concept that these are low-level monsters, right? That they're not supposed to have a whole bag of tricks. 
But there is something just so creatively bankrupt about, say, the Needle Blight. This is a monster that has a simple range attack, a simple melee attack, and that is literally it. There is nothing else happening here. I guess they have Blindsight. That is such an infrequently used ability. There's just, there's nothing. I look at that and I have, I have no reason to want to use a Needle Blight. I would much rather at least use a Twig Blight which has some vulnerability to fire, and it's got a false appearance thing. The Vine Blight is a little bit better, but even then, it's, that's supposed to be like the big heavy hitter of the three. It's just got a Constrict, and then it's got an Entangle, which functionally are the same ability, right? I don't really understand the difference between it grabbing you and holding you, and then it grabbing you and holding you. There is almost nothing here to recommend running either of these monsters, nothing that I look at and get excited about. It's entirely concept-based, and to me, that's only half of the battle when you're designing a monster like this. Again, it's tricky. These are low-level monsters. The instinct is not to overload them with powers and abilities, but I also disagree with the idea that a low-level monster has to be a boring monster or has to be like an, an unarmed quote-unquote monster. Being low-level is not an excuse for being boring. My second complaint is that on concept, I kind of think the other two blights, the Needle Blight and the Vine Blight, are a little bit half-baked. To me, something about the idea of like a pine needle person is a little thin, just in terms of like anyone who's seen a needle or a pine needle knows they're not especially dangerous. And like, why does it really look like a person? Like they're just so different to me from the concept of a twig blight that I can't really get behind it. What's scary to me about a twig blight is like how inhuman it is. And the needle blight and the vine blight, I think are just a little bit too kind of inexplicably human. Like, why do they have faces? Why do they have eyes? Like, you look at the art here. Like, you look at the art here, and yeah, they're both presented with eyes and noses. But what's cool about them is that they are not human. They're plants. I don't mind them having vaguely humanoid shapes, but there's just something about, like, this is a person who has a few needles sticking out of them that just doesn't really grab me. Vine Blight kind of rubs me the wrong way, too, because it feels kind of jungly to me, which, I mean... That's nothing wrong with that necessarily. Like, you could do a jungle version of a blight. That's cool. I, I did a cactus blight for one of my daily bestiary monsters. But something about vines to me, I feel like conceptually vines are overused in a lot of our media, right? They're not really a huge thing in nature. The idea of just, like, these weird natural ropes. Obviously, this is fantasy. You can get away with a lot of stuff. But, like, I, so many monsters have grabbing and entangling and, and so many spells do stuff like that. It just kind of feels like a smaller, vaguely more humanoid version of a shambling mound. And thematically, again, Vine Blight feels kind of tropical, whereas the, the, the flavor of these blights seems a lot more temperate. It seems more like that kind of North American, European you know, Northern Hemisphere woodlands, which resonates with me, right, because I'm from there. You know, if vine blights work for you, great, but I almost want to see, like, a root blight. You know, it's crazy to me there isn't, like, a thorn blight or a bramble blight. That seems like that would make a lot more sense to me than a needle blight. Like, pine needles just aren't that scary. And my last criticism is, I don't think it's fair to say it's a criticism necessarily, but I do love the monsters on concept so much, it's a shame that they are so low CR, Right, they're like you could basically use these guys at like first and second level, and then they just kind of become irrelevant, right? Like the attack bonuses are such, and the hit points are such that once you get beyond third level, a blight is really never going to present an issue for you again, right? And again, I think there definitely should be space for those monsters, and those monsters should exist. But because I think the concept is so cool, I almost want to see some versions of them that are more threatening to higher level characters, right? Like the tree blight is a great example of that. I mean, that, that's a very natural progression. And it's a little baffling to me that they don't have it in here. Like they would go to needle blight before they would go to tree blight. 
But I would love to find some way to challenge the party at higher levels. I love the idea of like an evil druid as a campaign villain, and you kind of quickly run out of tools if that's what you want to do. So if we can find some way to iterate on the blight to create higher level threats, I would be definitely into that. So let's talk about this. Let's dig in. If we want to improve the blights as they're presented here, how do we do that? I would say that first and foremost, I would like to come up with unique combat abilities for both the Needle Blight and the Twig Blight. I think the Vine Blight, if you want to keep it, is mechanically okay. As I say, not great, but at least it's got some options. It's got a recharge power. It's got restraining. There's a little bit of tactics involved in fighting a Vine Blight. With a Needle Blight, I think the work is kind of already done. I would give it a sort of Summon Blights ability, right? The idea that it's sending out these pheromones is cool, especially if you want to do a Pine Tree thing and it's got that kind of woodsy sap. You could have a chance that every round X number of blights could show up. If you keep them at their at their current CR, then that might even be a way to make them threatening for a high level party, right? Is that like they kind of keep cloning themselves and multiplying. That's cool. I could get into that. For twig blights, I would almost say the opposite. Rather than bringing in more because they're already so small, it'd be easy just to, to throw a dozen of them at the party. I would maybe make them scary because they could like reassemble themselves, give them kind of like a rejuvenation or like an undead fortitude type power. You know, maybe they're like trolls, like maybe they constantly rebuild themselves until they take fire damage. You have to burn a twig blight. Otherwise, it just keeps it keeps putting itself back together. What's cool about that is that like it makes them a little scarier, even though they're really not dealing that much more damage. Right. If a party for some reason doesn't have access to fire. It's not the end of the world if they have to keep bashing these twig blights back down, but it kind of creates this persistence, this, again, this inhuman sense of, like, this isn't a person whose will is going to break, right? You can't hurt these twigs to the point where they don't just reassemble into a new monster. So my second suggestion would be to find some way to iterate on them into a higher level threat. I mean, I think the tree blight is kind of the obvious one right there, so just pluck that out of Curse of Strahd and use that if you can. But I even think, like, specifically statting up, quote-unquote, the Golthias tree might be cool. I don't think it's a monster. I don't think it's a thing that it can attack you. But I would love a little bit more detail on how a Golthias tree works, right? Because, like, they describe it here and what the concept is. But if you wanted to use one in your campaign, there's not a lot of guidance on how to do that, right? So I would maybe have a little blurb, more like a terrain effect or something like that on how the tree itself functions and what it can do and what its like evil necrotic powers are. That could be cool because if you want to have Blights be the sort of foot soldiers of this villain, then I might need to know a little bit more about the villain. Alternatively, I think a swarm of Twig Blights could be a cool monster, right? Like a little bit higher CR. And the concept is that it's, you know, like a swarm of ravens or a swarm of whatever. They're small enough that I think it wouldn't be that hard to say, okay, we're going to, you know, magnify this out into a swarm. They could still have vulnerability to fire, but they would get resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. And they could do cool things like overwhelming a target, you know, maybe shooting twigs at them. We, you could figure it out. But that might be a way to take the monster concept and extend it out. Imagine like a a swarm of twig blights could decimate a small village or something like that, right? My last suggestion would be a, a bit of a reflavor on the needle blight and the vine blight. I think a thorn blight or a bramble blight could be a cool reflavor on the vine blight. You could keep a lot of the same powers of the entangling and the constricting, but rather than it being vines, it actually being thorns feels kind of cool because, you know, bramble bushes and thorn bushes are a thing in the more temperate areas. And then you can get that like they're lacerating and cutting you. They're also such a big thing in fairy tales, right? Like you think about Sleeping Beauty and like the bramble maze and then thorn mazes. It's such a such a trope in fairy tale fiction. And since the blight's kind of feel like that sort of pagan horror fairy tale vibe. I feel like that really meshes better than the vine blight, which feels kind of, again, more tropical. As terms of the needle blight, I would maybe go 
They make a point about how from a distance they can kind of look like shuffling hunched humanoids. This is a bit extreme, but I would maybe say go back to the Sunless Citadel version of them where they are actual people that have been subsumed and by the Golthias tree and turned into these horrible monsters. You know, maybe you lose the needle thing, but you could keep the pheromones if you want them to just be like, you know, minions that you hack through. You know, you can call them like a bark blight if their skin is covered in these like bark-like, you know, blisters or whatever. Yeah, I think there's something there's something more horrible about, like, what is the goal of these blights? It could be about capturing people and bringing them back and then feeding them to the tree, right? If the tree drinks all their blood, then, like, what's left is just this weird kind of skin monster walking around. Ugh, horrible. I kind of like that as a reflavor on the needle blight. And with that, we are done with our episode on blights. Thank you so much. For listening, everybody, we have uh, another episode coming out next week. should be a similar shorter one. We are talking about bugbears. Uh, and that's going to be interesting because I don't really like bugbears very much. So we will see uh, how that goes. As always, thanks for listening. We'll be blight back and happy adventuring. Ugh. I don't, I don't feel good. Monster of the Week is a ProDM production. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at XPWebSeries. And if you like the show, please consider joining our Patreon campaign. For $1 a month, you get access not only to early episodes of this show, but also to brand new homebrew monsters every weekday. You can find us at patreon.com slash XPWebSeries. That's the letters X, P, Web Series. The music used in this episode was Rainbow Ride and Waves by Azure Flux, licensed under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, Creative Commons license. Check out their work at azureflux.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.